Hi, I'm Don Mackey, welcome to the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. This show is focused on providing strategies to empower community success and vitality. Each episode will feature interviews with cutting-edge rural development thought leaders and community practitioners, remarkable entrepreneurs from business, government, and nonprofits, and by sharing the learnings of E2 entrepreneurial ecosystems. Connect with me, learn more about E2, and subscribe to this show at energizingentrepreneurs.org. Welcome to this episode of Pathways to Rural Prosperity. This is Don Mackey with E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems, and I'll be your host today's podcast. And with me is Elizabeth Hutchinson with Carson & Co. Global, who has been a partner with us in developing a really amazing resource we call Ord Articulate 360. And so, Elizabeth, welcome to our podcast today. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. <laughs> well, and it's been wonderful working with you and the team at Carson & Co. Global. You guys have been amazing and so really looking forward to our conversation today. Likewise. Likewise. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, I always like to start with giving our guests a chance to just share a little bit about their development journey into this work. And so why don't you give a little bit of a profile of your journey and your work, and then we'll jump into the resource. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. Well, I'm, I'm joining you today from sunny Minneapolis which is wonderful. The sun is out and spring is fighting to get here. But I'm a Nebraska native. Originally, I grew up in Lincoln and I studied English at the University of Nebraska. I spent the majority of my career working in communications. You know, I was reflecting a little bit about my journey and I think at the heart of it, it comes down to the fact that I like sharing stories. So, so the Articulate 360 e-learning series that we're going to talk about really aligns with that and has been such a thrill to work on for just that very reason. I started my career with a small company in Lincoln that was providing employee communications for the heavy industry sector. So with that, I traveled across the United States and to a lot of rural parts of the United States. And then from there, I transitioned to a much larger Fortune 150 company in their corporate relations and their communications department. And it was there that I kind of got my first introductions into sustainability communications, resiliency planning, and I led on the company's sustainability report and their communication strategy. So that was, that was really exciting, kind of opened my mind to a new way at looking at planning. And I think I've always been sort of procedurally minded and interested in structure of a place. And so while I was really enjoying that work and really developing, I would say my communications chops more and more. I wanted to experience a different type of environment. So I took a bit of a 180 turn as one does. And I joined the nonprofit sector and I started working in an administrative and an operations role. And there I really started to love operations and how businesses function and why they function and kind of how all those pieces come together. And then I was, I was doing that and loving it and a job opportunity for my husband, moved us to Minnesota and Minneapolis. And there I returned to my communications roots as an independent consultant. So I kind of went from a small communications firm to a Fortune 150, to a mid-sized nonprofit, to working as a communications consultant. And ultimately, I found my home at Carson & Co. Global two years ago. And I've been thrilled by that opportunity because it's really allowed me to merge 
operations and communications together into one role. And I'm um, supporting on projects that I think is a unique privilege to be able to work in an area where you're doing something you're personally passionate about and also professionally passionate about. So this is my home and help me connect with you too. <laughs> well, and it's been fun. And just for our readers, Elizabeth is an amazing curator of content and editor. It's been fun to work with you. And of course, as our audience knows, my home is is Nebraska and Lincoln now. And so, you know, if you and your husband ever want to move back, we would welcome you to come back to the Cornhusker State. Yes, yes. You never know, you know, that's the thing I've learned. You yeah. never know. <laughs> yeah. Although the Twin Cities is not a bad place to no. be. So incredible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, I'm a big fan of Jamie Carson and this amazing what I would still consider a startup, although you guys have been at this for a while, called Carson and Co. Global. Two questions. One is the name, Carson and Co. Global. Enlighten us. Yeah, absolutely. So Carson and Co. Global. Carson is the last name of our CEO and founder, Jamie Carson. She's an incredible woman. We're extremely proud to be a woman-owned small business certified by the U.S. Small Business Administration. So that's that takes some effort and some strategy, and we're, we're thrilled to be here and to have that. She started the organization in Washington, D.C. about 12 years ago to meet the need for what she was seeing in an absence in strategic communications capacity for organizations that were working on particularly complex or technical science and sustainability projects, but that needed to engage broader audiences to make things happen. So we started there, and then in 2015, moved. she moved the company back to Lincoln, which is also her hometown. So all roads leading to Nebraska. And from there, as you said, we've been around for a bit, but we're still incrementally evolving our services and our business model ever since And I think that takes me kind of to the the company part of Carson & Co. Global, which is really the heart and soul of what we're trying to do. And I think the vision that Jamie had from the outset, which is with a lot of intentionality, we're trying to build and grow as a full staff of contributors, just not a couple of people. We could have certainly remained a smaller communications consultancy, probably at times with more ease. (laughs) But that vision has always been to bring on more people who are interested in doing this work together. And that benefits us because we have more experts on staff. We have more diversity in thinking when we contribute to projects. And I think ultimately it makes us able to grow and build the kind of company that we all wanted to work for. So that company, that company part is sort of the key for us. And then global is really a nod to the, the beginnings supporting in international aid projects. We've still had the opportunity and privilege to do that and work on projects with impacts and locations around the world. But I think the global also really reflects our mission, and that's to advance projects that are making our world more sustainable, more resilient. We believe there are ripple effects in that no matter where you're starting, and it isn't bound by borders. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember the first time I met Jamie, my oldest son, Sam, had this palm tree and it had gotten too big. I used to take it to our office downtown in Lincoln and moving it back and forth was becoming a bear. And so I'd put it on the street with a sign, free if you want it. And Jamie was out running and saw it and goes, I'll take it. And I go, I've got to pick up, I'll haul it to your house. And so that's how we met. 
That sounds right. <laughs> it's a little serendipity there. Yes, yeah. And I know what you guys do for us, but you really do have a special niche in communications around sustainability, resiliency. Just a little more on that before we turn to the ORD resource. Obviously, sustainability and resiliency is so important today, and, and you guys kind of specialize in working with folks around that niche. Yeah, we really were founded to advance scientific and technical cooperation and education and engagement around those things that maybe don't always feel as accessible at first glance. And we plug into those projects with communication services that use research and outreach and creative approaches to kind of engage the broader audiences that are needed to make a system more sustainable and make a system that's more resilient. It's really it's a collective effort. And so to get those communications out to folks in a way that is practical and customized to their needs and where they are. So examples of the type of projects we've worked on would be campaigns to educate, and I would say more importantly, engage people in sustainability-minded actions, technical report design and data visualization, ways to make complex topics more accessible to diverse audiences, development of decision support tools in terms of communications and channels and training resources along those lines. So just a few examples. You bet. Well, let's talk a little bit about Ord Nebraska. For most of our audience, we have done a number of podcasts. I had Bob Stoll, one of the legacy leaders, uh, saw Bob last week. It was fun to see him and Gene, his wife, again. We had a great conversation. And Ord is an amazing story, but it kind of speaks to your you know, what you just talked about, how do you make complex information accessible and usable? And that's really what we're talking about today with a new web and app-based learning system. You played a central role in developing this, and some of the other team members at Carson & Co. were part of this early on. And of course, our good friend David Iaquinto at Nebraska Wesleyan University was involved in not only generating some amazing content through his interviews, but also working with you in terms of kind of curating the questions. So two questions for you. First of all, can you give a bit of an overview of what we call Articulate 360? And folks may not be familiar with that term, but you'll explain it. And then we'll talk about what's in this resource using the ORD case study. So first, talk a little bit about Articulate 360. You kind of got introduced to this for the first time with this project, right? Yeah, I did. I did. You, Don, you introduced <laughs> us to this. It's an e-learning platform. And I think what's particularly exciting about it and how we came to it is that it enables us to share more broadly the insights and guidance for building prosperous rural communities through an online environment. People are on their phones and on their screens and used to engaging that way these days, and it's straightforward and it's easy to follow. Anyone can really, I think, dive in and navigate it with particular ease. You don't need a special skill set to just get right into the content and the ORD experience. They're simple to navigate. There are prompts that direct learners from one lesson to the next, so you're not you're not ever lost. There's a guide that helps you move through it. There are features that allow folks to track their progress, track back and get recaps on what they've learned. The platform also uses responsive design, just meaning that the courses adjust nicely to 
a variety of screen sizes. So whatever internet-enabled device someone might choose, be that a phone, a laptop, desktop computer, they're going to be able to log in and start exploring the content. And then I would say maybe my favorite feature of the platform is that it allows us to share information through a variety of media. So videos, photos, flashcards, supplemental articles, links to other sources if people want to explore and go even further, maybe a podcast recording at some point. And I think ultimately the fact that the platform supports all of those different types of media of which E2 has curated through the Ord story capture work just makes it the material more engaging. Lots of ways to see and explore the concepts. Well, and not to blindside you, but I have been thinking about, we kind of decided no more development. We're going to get it out there, let people use it. But I was thinking about, you know, we've got videos, we've got reports, of course, the basic content in the site. But we now do have some podcasts focusing on Ord. The one I did with Bob Stoll that I mentioned, David I. Quinta, there's several others. And so at some point, we're going to have to create access through the site for those, but not this week, okay? <laughs> okay. I love it, though. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking about that you can also have audio clips. And for some people to listen to a voice talk about what they have learned and taken away can be really powerful. And we have some of that now through our podcast. So we'll explore that. But talk a little bit what's in the resource, because as our audience may know, but if you're new, you're not familiar with this, we spent three years doing analysis, an amazing collection of interviews, collected some old videos, produced a new video with our friends at B&B Productions and Ord. I actually got to finally meet the guy that did that video oh. for us in person because this was COVID. We were doing all this during <laughs> yes. COVID and remotely. And I go, gosh, I feel like I know him. But it was the first time we had ever shaken hands. So that was kind of fun. But Wonderful, yeah. take us through a little bit. I know you can't go into tremendous detail, but what kind of content is in this story? And particularly talk about the learning questions and process at the end of each of the courses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say that the crux, the crux of the course series is, is that that transformative change that Ord has realized is repeatable. And each community has its own opportunities and its own challenges, but there are those fundamentals of entrepreneurial ecosystem building that can benefit all of them. And the courses really support learners to explore those fundamentals against the backdrop of ORD's experience. So it's not just about ORD, it's also about thinking about one's own community, one's own goals. They follow a general structure. Each course, there are six courses in the series. They begin with stage setting lessons, important concepts that are defined and kind of laid out, followed by digging deeper, exploring themes further, often through the lens of Ord's people, culture and experiences, and then concluding, as you said, on that four-step process at the end of each course, which is really critical. It includes a self-assessment, a reflection opportunity, identification of opportunities that are specific to one's own community and then action planning. So this section is really where learners have a guide to think critically about the course content and how it relates to their own community's assets, their own experiences. That's why they're doing this. They have a vision and are trying to realize new opportunities. So it's really through that that the learners, it's a recurring process, and they get really comfortable starting to analyze their own community approaches 
and identifying actions they can take for their development, for the goals that they have. Yeah, absolutely. So a pitch and then another question. We were fortunate. I mean, Org is one of the first communities that we had an opportunity to partner with, work with, beginning in the 1990s. So this is a long story. It begins in the 1990s and runs to present. And Ord was one of the first communities with what we called hometown competitiveness, a partnership with the Heartland Center for Leadership Development and Rouse Community Foundation and the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. And Kellogg, as part of their 75th anniversary, produced an amazing video in the early 2000s that kind of captured Ord at the cusp of its takeoff. And then, of course, during, I think it was 2020, the Nebraska Community Foundation with B&B Productions produced another video. So one of the things I really recommend to folks as you begin to use this resource is to watch those two videos because they kind of create an image of where this community was when it was really focusing and it looked promising, but by no means was the progress there. And then the second video really captures the remarkable positive transformation in this community. My question, and I actually remembered it, Elizabeth, is what are kind of the applications? How can different groups of people in different communities settings use this resource to really begin to explore what their development potential can be? Yeah, it's kind of twofold. The courses really can be used for self-study and they start, course one starts with an introduction of Ord. And Don, as you were saying, it kind of lays that foundation with the two videos. And you can see how this evolution has come to be over the decades for the Ord community. And then from there, it digs more into the thematics, the, the importance of leadership and resident agency, empowering leaders in, in economic development, a closer look at entrepreneurial ecosystem building and the entrepreneurs in Ord and how how they have made that diversity has made them more resilient and successful. And then a look at the complementary aspects of community building and culture building. So we've been saying, you know, not somewhere that's just worth working in, but a place that's worth living in as well. And then the last course in the five is David A. Quinta's beautiful work on studying or all of these fundamentals of entrepreneurship, ecosystem building that they have in place that have helped them weather a a lot of storms, how those have also come together in the pandemic, which was such an interesting topical moment for him to dive in and look at that. And it really just shows how that effort has served them yet once again in such a challenging and challenging time. So, you know, while the learners are going through and exploring this in kind of a self-study, this also kind of lends itself nice to an accompaniment for professional development endeavors. So a workshop, a conference, a certification, or networks where rural economic developers, entrepreneurs, others are coming together, which we know happens to learn and discuss, strategize. There's a little more energy and momentum in those conversations working groups and book clubs. We also know those are existing. So that four-step process that I mentioned where the course starts to move beyond, it's not just a passive experience, it's taking that learning and translating it into moving forward on community goals. So working through those reflections based on what I've just read, what does that make me think about my own experiences? Identifying opportunities, what's unique in my community that, that is sort of translates to what I've just experienced. How could I 
plan an action around that to make this more tangible. I think there's just more energy and creativity and maybe some breakthroughs by collaboration at that point in the process. And it was, not, it was designed with that in mind. There are worksheets. They can be printed off. You can take it off the screen and into a room together or into a Zoom room together, however folks are connecting. So I would say a little both and. There's, you know, self-study and reading that can be happening, but people will really get the fruit, full fruits of the engagement if they get together and have some conversations. Yeah, I mean, one of the exciting things that we're exploring is a community in rural America or almost anywhere that says, you know, we really want to explore entrepreneurship as a development strategy, almost like you'd have a book club, could bring together a group of people, use this resource. We're also exploring how we might provide learning coaches. So again, this could be done on site with the group in a room going through this with some self-study and then some group conversation, working through that process of ultimately what are we going to do? What are the actions we're going to take? So this really can create accessibility for communities all over North America that maybe can't afford to hire a consultant, but needs a vehicle to explore the possibilities using the Ord story, not as a, this is our roadmap, but the fact that Ord recognized the importance that we've got to work with entrepreneurs, we've got to invest We've got to grow leadership that empowers this community, but also understanding that we've got to build the community itself. This is the place where entrepreneurs live, work, and play. And so things like childcare and housing and recreation, good schools, healthcare, this talks about that as well. And I think people at an intuitive level know that community development and economic development are not two separate development strategies, they have to be articulated because they really create the kind of environment where communities can thrive. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stories, right? Yes. They're organized thematically, just as you were saying. So you can really kind of dive in. You can dive into that community cultural component that we know is critical. You can dive into those entrepreneurs and see and hear from them. I think that's that's the benefit of kind of having a a structure to flow through and start to explore. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit how people can access this. So right now the plan is to make this publicly accessible. So this is going to be a public good. Now, if you want to coach, you're going to have to spend a little bit of money. But if you want to use it on your own, we're going to make it available to you. That was our commitment to the Ewan Kaufman or Ewan Marion Kaufman Foundation, Andy Stoll, that if they helped us with this and the Kettering Foundation, other groups provided funding, we were going to make this a free resource. And you and Anne have been working on a landing page on our website, energizingentrepreneurs.org. That's org.com. So talk a little bit about how people can access this and the landing page that you and Anne are working on. Yeah, absolutely. So it will be just as simple as visiting the website and searching the keyword ORD e-learning in the search bar. There will also be other navigation from the site there. So you won't be able to miss it when you, when you visit the website. And then that landing page offers an introduction similar to what we've been talking about today into the course series, how they can be used, and then the six courses, a little bit of a summary of each. And then away from there to just dive right in. So it's just hopefully that simple for folks. And we're so excited to start having people explore and and getting that feedback on people's experience. I think 
I'm hoping we'll be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't walk away with that with some new ideas and some new strategies. Yeah, absolutely. So by the time this podcast becomes public, that site will be available and we hope you do use it. One more quick question. We've got a wrap up. We're starting to get to the end of our time, but we're working with Carson and Co. Global, you and Leah and some others on a new project to make all of our E2 content, not only the stuff we've created, but the resources we've collected available to rural development groups across North America. You want to just share a bit about that work and then we'll go to our wrap up. Yes, absolutely. So Leah Meyer on my team, an incredible colleague is helping spearhead this strategy. It's really a two-part two-part effort to reach out to organizations and partners and others doing, doing this important work and having conversations with them about their priorities. So what are they working on? What are the, their audiences? What are the people that they're serving interested in? And then once we understand that, opening the door wider for collaboration with E2. So E2 is obviously a national leader in entrepreneurship-led development and ecosystem building and constantly by way of that curating research and case studies and resources, all sorts of rich content. And so the the objective is to understand what folks are hungry for and then share that content more widely with them. It's a free resource and just making it more more accessible and widely available. And I think, you know, by way of that, we're starting to also see trends in what audiences are looking for. Certainly that's that's partly known, but it's so helpful to hear it directly from folks. And that also helps guide E2 strategies and future content development. So, you know, if people want, Don, as you said, quality, affordable childcare, housing, access to broadband, there are considerations around resource management, land management. These trends are just popping up over and over again. E2 has related information and sources that can plug in and entrepreneurship is really at the intersection of rural development, but it's also an important factor, or it can be, in addressing these topics. So it's been really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And if we have not reached out to you as part of this new initiative, go to our website and let us know. And maybe there's a resource. Maybe you're looking for how do you fund economic development in your community, or how do you engage people in the process Chances are we have gathered some resources from across the landscape that might be useful to you. So don't hesitate to reach out, let us know, and we'll get back to you and we'll try to support you as well. But we're working with some great groups like Rural Rise, Radically Rural, the Rural Assembly, the International Economic Development Association, the list goes on and on. But if we've missed you, just reach out and we'll try to help. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for being my guest today. My pleasure. It was wonderful to be here. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, and it's delightful to work with you all. So a plug for Carson & Co. Global. So we need to wrap up. So let me just share with our audience some resources. Always remember that your go-to resource with us is our website, energizingentrepreneurs.org. There's a whole set of free resources that are available there. On that site, you can join our E2 National Practitioners Network. And if you're wanting to grow a stronger, more vibrant community through entrepreneurship, there's a whole set of comprehensive resources organized around our E2 development framework. 
Of course, you can sign up for our electronic monthly newsletter. It's easy to subscribe to, but it's also easy to unsubscribe. So if you're not finding value there, but that's where you're going to find out about the latest thing, the latest resource, or that we've dropped a new podcast that maybe you want to listen to. And of course, our Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Specific to today, this podcast, we are going to share with you our Ord Story Collection. It has a set of hyperlinks that get you to the resource, but we're also going to share with you our new Ord Articulate 360 learning resource. That'll become available. And we'll also share some information about Carson & Co. Global. If there's a fit there, we recommend them as a resource to you. So, Elizabeth, thank you for being my guest, and you have a great day. Thanks so much, Don. You too. All right, folks, time to wrap up. All our best to you, our listeners, and your efforts to grow a stronger rural America one community at a time. Thanks and take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Head on over to energizingentrepreneurs.org where you can subscribe to this podcast and tap into more than 25 years of field experience from E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems. I'm Don Mackey, and I'll see you next time on Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Mm -hmm.